Hello, hello, and welcome to the Tip of the Iceberg podcast, brought to you as always by InsideThePenguins.com. I'm your host, Nick Berlansky, joined as always by Nick Horwat, and it is a great day to cover the Pittsburgh Penguins because not only are the Pittsburgh Penguins 2-0 with dueling 6-2 victories on opening weekend, but Horwat, we're both 2-0 as well. We picked the Penguins to go 2-0 over the weekend. They did, made us look good, and now we are undefeated on our Pens predictions for this year. We got another one coming up a little bit later talking about tonight's matchup against the Montreal Canadiens. But before we get into that, of course, we got to talk about what we saw over the weekend. Two home games, two 6-2 victories. The Penguins are now undefeated 2-0 to start the season. For one game, it was the Penguins just outskating and outplaying a much more inferior team in the Arizona Coyotes. And in the other one, it's the same old story as last year with the Tampa Bay Lightning. No matter what happens between these two teams, even though they're both really good teams, they don't play close games. Last year, it was three shutouts, two in favor of the Penguins, one in favor of the Lightning, and this year, same old story, a 6-2 to victory for the Pittsburgh Penguins. So Horwat, what were your initial reactions to those games over the weekend? I didn't have too much of a reaction to the Arizona game just because, I mean, that's what you should do to a team should do to a team like that they're not set for this season at all um but it was a very penguiny game and by way of they got up three to nothing before the first commercial break and then not that they let the foot off the pedal but then it was nothing absolutely not not that it was and not even that it was boring hockey they put up 50 over 50 shots in the entire game um but there was just nothing no production no production no production hey uh Arizona scored. We should probably do something about that. All right, let's score a late one. And then go on to uh, pack in a couple more. Just just a, the most penguin game ever. I think someone said mm-hmm. at one point, watch, this game is now going to end 4-2 to two, whenever we were up 3 nothing at the first commercial break. Like, we have, a cons- we have very few consistencies on this team, but one of them really is that we will get off to hot starts and then completely turn it off. We may still win, and they still look good doing it, but we're going to turn it off. That's the last goal you're going to see. And that kind of continued. Obviously, they scored a few more times, but still, it was um, not the trend you would have wanted it to go, but everything looked fine. Huge victory over a middling bad-to-bad team. And then beating the Lightning like that uh, was the much bigger test. Mm-hmm. It's... They're on the puck so much. They're taking all of the shots. They have 98 already. It's We've had two games. They have 98 shots. Had 50-whatever in the first game and then 45 in the second. This is nutty, and it's impressive seeing that just the basic things. Get pucks on net, and they're going to find their way in. Don't give up on plays. They're going to come to you, and everything's just been coming up millhouse for the Penguins so far. Yeah, you mentioned 98 shots. Of those 98, 72 of them are at even strength. And here's just some ridiculous stats that the Pittsburgh Penguins put up on opening weekend at even strength per natural stat trick. They outshot opponents at even strength 72 to 46. They outchanced them 71 to 40. Do you know what that means, Horwat? That means 71 of their 72 chances were an actual scoring chance. Not just a, we're going to throw the puck on the net, it's going to hit the net, it's going to be... 71 scoring chances in two games. And then of those chances, 33 were high danger chances for the Pittsburgh Penguins to only 10 high danger chances allowed at even strength 
for the Pittsburgh Penguins. So to, to encapsulate that, and to, to me, this is just a good look on the Penguins' defense as it is on their offense. 46% of the Pittsburgh Penguins' shots so far this season have been a high-danger scoring chance. Nearly every other every other time they take a shot on goal, it's a high-danger scoring chance to only 25% for the opponents at 5-on-5. Five five. So they're playing extremely well at even strength. They're playing extremely well on the power play. 4 for 10 through two games, 40%. Clearly a, a, a number that's not going to be stuck to. That is vastly impossible for any team to stick to that. So really good on the power play. Really good at even strength. The penalty kill... We'll talk about that now. I mean, a slow start for that PK. They are missing their best PK forward in Teddy Bluger, who will be out tonight's game as well, missing the first three games at least of the season. Three of the Penguins' four goals allowed so far this year are on the penalty kill. They are 6-for-9 on that unit, which is only a 66% success rate. But luckily, the power play's been picking it up, and it hasn't had to matter much because these games aren't close. But the Penguins' PK, not the greatest start for Mike Bellucci's unit there. Not the ideal start, you could say that. They've mm-hmm. been going at it pretty hard, at least, in terms of practice. It was a lengthy discussion uh, before practice got started on uh, the day after the home opener. Whenever That was their bad game. Let's just be real. That was their bad game. They gave up two goals. I mean, they only gave up one in the second game, but uh, ideally you want none, but you have to remember you're missing your top penalty killer in uh, skating-wise. And Teddy Bluger. And not only that, but it is a mishmash of new names. It isn't just, hey, we're missing Teddy Bluger. Okay, well, we also have implemented a Ryan Paling, a Josh Archibald, and we're experimenting with Kasperi Kapanen and Marcus Patterson. Like, those are new names. This isn't just, uh, hey, the penalty kill is not good. No, it's going to take time to get better. Um, is giving up three in the first two games ideal? No, but it's almost expected whenever you list off. I mean, you have what? There's four, eight penalty killers. How many names did I just list off there that are either out or new? Five. That's more than half. So it's going to take time to grow properly, but uh, where was I going with this? It's a new group that it's going to take time to get into. Um, Oh, yeah, and that first practice after the home opener, there was just a lengthy conversation about how, probably just about schematics and how to uh, get better on the PK and working with these new guys who are um, going to eventually be very helpful for this penalty kill. Once Teddy Bluger comes back and everything molds correctly, um, this should be a pretty good penalty kill. Like I said, I was impressed toward the end of the Tampa Bay game that they were able to shut it down. It was just that one Steven Stamkos goal, which, I mean, let's be real, most occasions, nothing you could do about that. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, also, I mean, in, in reality, ideally, you just don't take penalties. But... It, they're inevitable, and the, once everything you know gels together, it should be a good crew. Yeah, they are inevitable, especially when you have referees like you did on Thursday night's opener. It was the ref show. I mean, I couldn't even remember. There was about five or six. It was six to five on, on power play opportunities in that game, and a lot of them were not warranted. They were ticky-tack calls, so you saw the ref show against the Arizona Coyotes. It got a little bit better against the Lightning. It's just going to be one of those years again from NHL head officiating. And uh, it is what it is. You just got to mold to it, take advantage of it. And the Penguins luckily took advantage on the power play, which is something that we obviously wanted to see better this year from the Pittsburgh Penguins. And they've proved it so far. I mean, that unit has been electric. Not only are they scoring 4 for 10, 
But even on some of those power plays where they haven't scored, they've looked really good. The puck movement between Crosby, Malkin, Latang, Gensel, and Rust, it looks like it's it's how it should be. They're playing really well. The puck to the stick. Their, their breakout's working really well. Their zone entries are looking very good. It's looking really good to start. But again, same thing with everything we're talking about here. It's two games. One of them is against one of the teams that are probably going to finish in the bottom three of the season of standings this year. You just have to notice that it is a great way to start the season, and it's something that at least you've seen it. At least they've proven that they can do it against a good team in Tampa Bay. Yeah, and you want to do it against every team, no matter how good or bad they are. You want to be impressive against those teams like Arizona or like Montreal tonight. You want to have a good, strong game against those guys. And then when you play the teams like Tampa Bay, your confidence is already there. You already know that you have the ability to do this because at the end of the day, an NHL team is an NHL team. Sure, Arizona seems to be a lot of minor leaguers, but still, they're an NHL franchise that um, is going to steal a couple of wins here and there. Just make sure they're not against you. Philadelphia, we've already talked to as being the, the bottom of the barrel. Uh, They're undefeated right now, sure. Again, two (laughs) games in, but they haven't lost yet. So... Team, no matter the team or how good or bad they are, they're gonna. Every team is going to steal wins. Just make sure they're not against you. And beating the good teams like Tampa Bay is even bigger and obviously more important for going forward. Um, but I was greatly impressed with all of it, and I still can't get over the number of shots they've taken. Ninety-eight guys. Ninety-eight. We're not gonna. We keep up that pace, which we won't. But when's the next time? How many games is it gonna take for us to get ninety-eight now? Four. Probably something like that. Yeah, I mean, it was ridiculous the amount of just possession time the Penguins were controlling. They had the expected goals for in like the 70s or 80s for every single forward line. Even Archibald, Paling, and McGinn. They are not the bottom of the barrel when it comes to expected goals for percentage right now. That's the third line, and their third line is at 60%. So this team is clicking on all cylinders to start the year. I mean, you couldn't ask for a better start, and part of that is the Stars came out to play. I mean, we, we mentioned it. The Penguins have scored 12 goals already on the season, which is the highest scoring team to this point in the season across the National Hockey League. Of those 12 goals, the captain, Sidney Crosby, has factored in on half of them with six points, two goals, four assists, dueling three-point performances. What have you seen from Crosby to start off year 18 of his career? Uh, just, let's just pull back to what Hunter said a long time ago. It looks like he's going into year three. He looks... He looks fast out there. He looks strong out there. I'm not going to say he looks young be just because he still has facial Because he's keeping the facial hair around, so he looks aged. <laughs> but, um, no, he just looks phenomenal. There, there's not been a downside to his game yet. He's getting chippy when he needs to as well. It's um, Was his penalty in that Arizona game? And just I said it on Twitter. He, he's, he's not getting the Tom Brady treatment, so mm-hmm. he is going to take matters into his own hands a little bit. He's going to take a call, but thankfully there wasn't even up after it. It's quite obvious he's here to play. But, I mean, Sidney Crosby, we could talk about until the, until the cows come home, was two goals, four assists. Evgeny Malkin may only have a goal and an assist on the season so far. He looks so hungry to play this year. Mm-hmm. He looks ridiculously hungry to play this year. He's going to be a rocket of a player this season if he's able to um just maintain this i don't want to say pace yet but maintain this uh strive and just 
looking beastly out there. I don't have the right words to describe it, but he just looks strong and looks tenacious. Not only that, but he looks like he's having a good time. You know, and he talked about that, and you can check out the clip on, you know, InsideThePenguins.com or Inside the Penguins on YouTube, where you can also find full episodes of The Tip of the Iceberg. But he's saying, we're just, we're having fun. You know, it's the start of the season. This is a new group that has a lot of chemistry already, especially look at the forward side. Most of the players are back from last season. These guys are enjoying themselves, and how can you not be whenever you're scoring six goals a game, you're, you're winning with ease, but... Evgeny Malkin, even if you take it back, and obviously if you're watching on, on YouTube, you see that I have the towel from, from the opener, the home opener. We were both in attendance there. You watch Malkin come out for his announced, you know, roster spot. He's skating around the circle, fist bumping everybody. The spirits are very high with Evgeny Malkin, which if you go back to just one season ago, he was separated from the team. He was rehabbing a knee injury, a major knee injury by his, himself. This year, the contrast in which you see for Evgeny Malkin is so great. And like you mentioned, only two points in the first two games, which, again, is still an 82-game pace, but he is playing that much better. And their line, like I mentioned, that the fourth line is not the bottom of expected goals for. Evgeny Malkin and his second line is the leader on the Pittsburgh Penguins in expected goals for. You wouldn't expect that looking at what Crosby, Gensel, and Raquel have been able to do. I mean, they're looking like the Harlem Globetrotters on the ice. But Evgeny Malkin's unit has been dominant with the puck, puck possession time, getting opportunities, and they will eventually bury them. We already saw Jason Zucker scored a goal in game one. We already saw Brian Rust. I believe he has two goals on the season already and two assists as well. He has four points. But this line, if they can stay together and if they can find some consistency for Evgeny Malkin at the wing position, it's going to be a dangerous unit because you got to think about the fact that that's the second unit. Mike Sullivan can sit there and and have his pick of the litter, even if he's away, because he can say, okay, you can put your best defense out there against my Crosby unit, who's still probably going to torch you anyway, and then you have to put your second-tier unit against Malkin, Zucker, and Rust, and right now, that line is just as good, if not better, when it comes to the analytical numbers and the underlying numbers as that top line. So it's coming up Millhouse, like you said, for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Sidney Crosby has six points. Jake Gensel has four uh, Brian Rust has four. Nine players overall for the Penguins have multiple points through two games. Absolutely astonishing start to the season for the Penguins. Yes, Brian Rust has three, but close enough. We'll take it. One That's thing, I, I'm, I'm the most shocked to see that Ricard Raquel, is, his only point is that empty net goal. Mm. Um, you'd think playing alongside Crosby and Gensel, I mean, who have combined for 10 already, um, would pick up at least another one but i mean hey he has it's not like he's looked bad though no he's no, had a very all. very loud one point this in mm -hmm. through two games but i mean hey half a point per game it's we're talking about it's we do have to realize it is game two but we are off to such a great start and just a fun start like this team the vibes are high man like the vibes mm -hmm. are the Steelers beat Tom Brady yesterday somehow. <laughs> the Penguins are 2-0. Tampa Bay rolled into Pittsburgh and came out in shambles. Mm -hmm. So I think the vibes are just high. You know, Regardless of who's doing good point-wise and who's doing bad, I mean, that doesn't necessarily matter because everyone's going to contribute at some point this season. The only skaters to not contribute a point for the Penguins so far this season are the three, the three on the fourth line. Uh, Paling, Paling, Archibald, and McGinn, and Jan Ruda. That's it. Mm -hmm. 
everyone else has contributed something. Mm-hmm. Those four will get their points eventually. There won't yeah, be especially... many, but they're, they're not supposed to get many. They're both all four of those guys are bottom line players. Jan Ruda in a different situation because he's defense, but also um, also hasn't looked bad. Mm-mm. No, not at all. Especially with P.O. Joseph as his, as his wingman. Oh, this is a good team. This is a very good, fun team. Yeah, and even, you know, I, we don't have to get into it. You, you talked on our last episode, Bystock and Josh Archibald. He was millimeters away from multiple goals in those first two games. I've liked what I've seen from him, you know, exactly as advertised. He's a pain in everybody's ass out there, and, you know, he's a little rat, and that's what he does, and he, he's done it well through two games. So it's a fight between him and uh, Paling to see who stays in the lineup when Teddy Bluger returns, which might be as early as Thursday, but it might be, you know, it might be on that road trip. Uh, starting with Columbus, I believe, on Friday or Saturday. Friday. One of those two. Saturday, days. Saturday, Saturday. Saturday. But nonetheless, it was uh, it was a good weekend for the Pittsburgh Penguins. We're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to see if they can continue this tonight against the Montreal Canadiens on the first road trip of the season for the Pittsburgh Penguins. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Tip of the Iceberg podcast. My name is Nick Berlanski. That is Nick Horowat. We're talking Pittsburgh Penguins. You're undefeated. Pittsburgh Penguins on the season 2-0. Taking on the Montreal Canadiens later this evening in their first road game of the season. The Canadiens so far this year are 1-2-0, which is good for fifth in the Atlantic Division. Their lone win is a 4-3 win over the Toronto Maple Leafs on opening night. So they have shown already this season that they have the ability to to beat a better opponent, but the Canadiens, similar to the Arizona Coyotes of last Thursday, they're not expected to make a lot of noise this season. I think this is a much better team, much more dangerous team, as we'll look at the lineup here in a couple minutes, than the Coyotes, but nonetheless, the Montreal Canadiens, not only are they a team that's clearly in a rebuild, they're a team that is facing so many injuries. We talked about Teddy Bluger, he's going to be out for the Pittsburgh Penguins, but for the Montreal Canadiens, Joel Armia is out. Paul Byron is out. Joel Edmondson is out. Emil Heineman is out. Carey Price out for the entirety of this season. And then also, the name that most people are probably thinking about when it comes to the Canadiens, Mike Matheson is on the injured reserve and will be out with an abdominal muscle sprain for at least eight weeks. So we will not get to see Mike Matheson against the Pittsburgh Penguins, but we will see Jeff Petrie against the Montreal Canadiens. His return after playing eight seasons in Montreal, third game as a Pittsburgh Penguin, will head back to the Bell Center. So a homecoming for him, a homecoming for P.O. Joseph as well. Horwat, I, I know you talked to Joseph about it. How big of a night is this for, for a P.O. Joseph who's experiencing a lot of really important games, at least personally, early in the 2022-23 season? Yeah, he's experiencing per, like personal and important games in this season just so far because it's his first big old crack at the NHL. Let's start there. But um, in all the years he's been around the game, he's never played an NHL game in Montreal, in his hometown. He's from Laval, Laval, um, Quebec, which I don't know how cities work in Canada, but he's from Quebec. He's a, He grew up rooting for the Montreal Canadiens. He grew up a P.K. Subban fan, talked about how he kind of wanted to emulate that game whenever he started playing hockey. Um, and just and then in the most 
Pittsburgh Penguins connection thing ever. You know how the Canadians have their little kids do the flag bear thing. P.O. Joseph did that once, and of course, it was against the Penguins. Um, and after the interview was over, I think like Michelle and uh, Jason Mackey, I believe, were trying to debunk exactly which game it was because uh, P.O. wasn't exactly sure. I think we found out it was one of the playoff games from 2010. I think we narrowed yeah. that down. So uh, quite impressive stuff uh, from just P.O. Joseph and just the dumb irony that, of course, he would end up playing in the NHL and having an opportunity to play for the Penguins, the team that he was the flag bearer against. It, it, the dumb Pittsburgh Penguins irony happens, and apparently P.O. got this opportunity, and his brother did not. Uh, but his brother is able to hold multiple Stanley Cup rings over his brother. But hey, you know what? Things happen, and it's it's going to be a fun homecoming. There will be many Josephs in the audience, uh, and you know, I'd say look for him to have some sort of pretty tough game. He's played well so far this year. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, it's hard whenever you're the third line defenseman, but he's already picked up an assist. He's already on the right path to um, having a good year. And Sullivan's been super impressed with his play. Yeah, the big difference. I, I think from game one to game two that you saw for P.O. Joseph was his comfortability. I mean, you could tell that he knows there's somebody nipping on his heels, and that's Ty Smith at the AHL Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins. But for the Pittsburgh Penguins, P.O. Joseph, even though he looked like he was a little bit tight, a little bit, you know, apprehensive in game one, I thought he looked much better in game two. You saw him jump up into the play, almost score a goal on Brian Elliott against the Tampa Bay Lightning. So a, a nice performance by P.O. Joseph. It's going to be a big night for him returning to Montreal for the first time in his NHL career. Always a big night for Sidney Crosby whenever he gets to play in Montreal because that was also Sidney Crosby's childhood team, despite him, of course, loving Stevie Y of the Detroit Red Wings. His team was the Montreal Canadiens. Again, big night for a guy like Chris Letang, who a lot of people had rumored and speculated about him becoming a Canadian over the offseason. So a lot of storylines, a lot of ties between the Canadians and some of the Pittsburgh Penguins, and we'll get to see that play out tonight at the Bell Center, which is obviously one of the most historic and one of the most impactful arenas in the National Hockey League for a lot of these guys. Last season, the Penguins won the season series 2-1 to one over the Montreal Canadiens, and it's a similar thing that we talked about with the Tampa Bay Lightning, in which all of those games last year were blowouts. A 6-0 win for the Penguins against the Canadians to open up the season. A 6-3 loss at PPG Paints Arena for the Penguins. And then a 5-2 win to close out the season series. All of these games were done by December. So the Penguins have not faced the, the Montreal Canadiens since early last season. Clearly, a lot has changed since then. Uh, in the last matchup, Evan Rodriguez was the leading scorer for the Pittsburgh Penguins with one goal, two assists. And Evgeny Malkin hadn't even played his first game of the season. So a lot of things have changed. But Penguins, Canadians, the one thing that hasn't is one team is looking for a cup. The other team is still kind of in a full-on rebuild. Still kind of in a full-on rebuild. They have pieces for sure. Um, mm -hmm. They might, and they're definitely going to be better than last season, but they're not going to be in that same hunt or in that same category that I keep putting the Ottawa Senators in. They're going to be better, but definitely not that much improved. Uh, they're one of those teams like Arizona that, you cannot let steel win. Let not you cannot let them steal a win from you. You have to go and you have to do your job and you have to come out on the other side with two points. And especially because they're in the East, I mean, sure, like I like we mentioned, they're not gonna be fighting for playoff spots, but 
let's say some wild things happen. We've seen some absolutely wild stuff in the NFL. I just think every team in football is bad this year, by the way. Can we just get that out of the way? People keep talking about good and bad teams. They all suck. Yeah, I don't understand that that league anymore. All, I can't I can't I can't make predictions in that league. It's impossible. All 32 of them are bad, but in hockey, things could turn around really quickly. For all we know, the Montreal Canadiens, I mean, I don't I think you may have said their record. I forget it already, but they picked up a win already. They can go in and steal a few more. They get they catch the right momentum. They ended last season in pretty good uh pretty good win-loss record uh with uh St. Louis behind the bench. Let's just say they struck irons or struck gold somehow. You know, they you don't want to lose points to an Eastern Conference team. That's that's my long-winded way of what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Yeah, no, and you mentioned we, we talked about things that are different from the last time the Penguins and the Habs have played. That's a big one. Martin Saint-Louis is the head coach. Dominic Ducharme got the axe about halfway through last season. And that was a different team under Saint-Louis, especially a guy like Cole Caulfield, who is an electric player, and he was struggling under the Dominic Ducharme uh, system. Saint-Louis comes in, and all of a sudden, Caulfield just absolutely goes off, and, and he's part of a really, honestly, it's a pretty good forward core, as I bring up the uh, lineup here from Daily Faceoff. I mean, you look at who they have on that top line. It's Caulfield, it's Nick Suzuki, it's Josh Anderson, who is very tough to play against. Second line is all newcomers for them. Kirby Doc, Sean Monahan, Evgeny Dodonov. Third line is the number one overall pick in last year's draft, Yuri Slavkovsky. Dvorak had multiple point games against the Penguins last year, and Brendan Gallagher is always going to be a pain in the butt. And then their fourth line, Drew Ann, Jake Evans, and Mike Hoffman. A lot of, uh, honestly, a lot of veteran presence on that fourth line. And it's a good mix overall of young talent and veteran leadership in this in this forward core. Now, their defense is rough, but it's a similar thing to the Arizona Coyotes, except they have a better offense. So we'll see if the Penguins are up to the task of slowing these guys down. To me, that top line is going to be your biggest issue. Obviously, Cole Caulfield, Nick Suzuki, two electric young players for the Montreal Canadiens. And Josh Anderson always seems to play well against Pittsburgh. Josh Anderson is just a good player and doesn't get the, the proper appreciation. This That first line is scary. Cole Caulfield's a monster. Captain Nick Suzuki is Captain Nick Suzuki. That second line is also just as scary. I mean, Sean Monaghan in a new home. Out, I mean, he played phenomenally in Calgary, and there was talks of him leaving for, for what seemed like since he got there. Um, then you tack on a Kirby Doc. That's a scary line as well. I, I keep looking at that fourth line, though, and wondering... What the hell happened to Jonathan Drouin? And also, what the hell happened to Mike Hoffman? That fourth line, the Penguins beat two of those players two years in a row in uh, Eastern Conference Championship games. Just want to put that one out there. Mm-hmm. So, it's just an absolutely weird lineup. And for what it's worth, if Drouin and Hoffman... If you would have told me in those years that we beat the Lightning and uh, Senators in those Eastern Conference Championships, if you would have told me that Drew in and Hoffman and a handful of years are going to be on fourth lines, I would have laughed in your face. Those are supposed to still be really good players, so who knows what they have hidden somewhere. Well, and here's the thing. When you look above them, especially on the left and right wings for, for the Canadians, it's like they have talented players ahead of them, so it's not like they have players that aren't good ahead of them. Like, Slavkovsky, yeah, he's still young, but there's a reason he went number one overall. And Brendan Gallagher, for, for all that it's worth, is still a really good player. I, I love... The fact that they have Slepkovsky with Dvorak and Gallagher. Uh, I mean, teaching him to be an aggressive player like those two are, you know, bigger, 
use your body bigger than it is. I think that's a great lesson for the, for the young. I believe he's either 18 or 19 year old. And, and this lineup, you know, it doesn't look like a bottom of the barrel lineup. Now, if if I scroll down to the defense, which this is a screenshot, unfortunately, not the actual website. But if I went down to the defense, you would see that okay, that's that looks more like the team that's going to finish in a in a you know lottery position for the NHL draft next year. And then in net, you know, it it stinks to not have Carey Price available. Uh, obviously, you saw how good he could be, how much of a difference maker he could be in 2020. Penguins experienced it firsthand. But Jake Allen isn't a pushover. Like if Jake Allen starts, which I fully expect him to, Jake Allen this year one and one. 943 save percentage, 203 goals allowed average. It is early, so those numbers are a little inflated because uh, there's only a small sample size. But 66 saves on 70 shots is still impressive enough, especially when you consider how bad the defense core is for the Montreal Canadiens. So uh, Jake Allen's put together a nice nice little career, and he's certainly a guy that can steal a game from the Penguins. Yeah, isn't he <clears throat> the goalie we always talk about as just being stupid good against the... No, he's not. That was Brian Elliott. Yeah. Um... I was, you know, former St. Louis Blues goaltenders. I get confused all the time. What are you going to do? Um, yeah, it's he can absolutely still steal games from the Penguins because he is still a capable goalie. Um, it's just not the same without uh, Carey Price. And you, you're right. They they lost a big chunk of their defense, not just in not having Carey Price in net, but Shea Weber's gone now. Um, that defense is kind of futured. I haven't even looked at it. I'm just taking a guess. But I mean. You have Edmondson and Matheson both on the shelf right now for injury, so that doesn't help either. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, though. That forward core, if let's say they had all those players in their prime, oh, that's a scary forward core, to be fair. But it's a, it's a different team. Who knows what kind of uh, facade they're trying to put on this year, what kind of mask they're trying to wear. Uh, because they're a team that, you know, that forward core could explode and be pre- they could be a decent team. I don't know about push for a playoff spot, they could, but they could be close to that. Or in that tank race for the bottom. There's going to be no in-between for the Canadians this year. Yeah, I feel like they're going to be a lot better than people are expecting this year. Um, obviously, it was nice for them to get that win over their rival on opening night against the, the Toronto Maple Leafs. But they have just too much talent to be that bad. And there's so many worse teams. Like Arizona, we, already, we, we saw that firsthand. Nick Ritchie was the only guy that scored... And Nick Ritchie is is somebody that's been run out of good organizations because he's not that good. And then you have a, a team in Philadelphia where they're young. Yeah, they could catch hot goaltending if Carter Hart ever reaches his potential. But there's so many worse teams, in my opinion, than the Montreal Canadiens. It was kind of surprising to see them go as low as they did last year. But with Marty San Louis at the helm and all of these young forwards that are looking to make their mark on the NHL, it's going to be a tough game. I would say this is probably, and talking about Allen to close that up, it's probably going to be the toughest goaltender they've faced so far this season. Carol Vimelka is okay. Brian Elliott is, he's okay. Usually but he's pretty good against us, though. <clears throat> yeah, but he's still, he's a backup goaltender. Yeah. Jake Allen, to me, despite being not the number one technically on the books, because Carey Price is that guy, he's a number one goaltender in this league. So this is the first, in my opinion, massive test when it comes to playing an opposing goaltender for the Penguins. Yeah, it'll be the big test. Um, but the thing about goaltending is <clears throat> you always have to look at the matchup. And Tristan Jari, I mean, he hasn't faced a ton, a ton of shots, but he's looked damn good throughout the mm-hmm. entire first two games so far. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, giving up a pair but in each game. But 
he's just looked impressive. Like, he's making big saves. He's making the right saves and is definitely keeping everyone or keeping the Penguins in each game so far. Um, he's been their best. I've said their best goalie. I haven't seen Casey DeSmith yet. He's been a very good goalie so far this year. Yeah, yeah, he he has. And we'll see Casey DeSmith probably at some point in the next week get his first start of the season, I would imagine. But, all right, Horwat, it's time to do what we're going to do for every single Penguins game this year. We're going to give our Pens prediction. We're both 2-0 and after opening weekend. Can we continue the train here tonight? Now, we said the Penguins were going to win both games. Don't forget... A couple weeks ago, I made the bold prediction when we were talking about the Penguins' first 10 that the Penguins would start the season 5-0, and and they would start the season in their first 10 games with an 8-2 and record. So I'm just going to say right now, before I give my full prediction, I'm still I'm still on that train. I'm still thinking they go 5-0. and So clearly, I think the Pens are going to win tonight against the Canadians. What is your full prediction? Oh, yeah, I think they're going to win tonight, too. I think it's another Tristan Jari start. I bet Jari, or I bet DeSmith gets in. I bet Jari plays the first five <clears throat> as I look at the schedule. At least the first five because then after the first five, we head out far west and play four games, both back-to-backs. If that, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and two sets of back-to-backs. So I bet we see a lot of Casey toward in, into next week because immediately after that, we have another set of back-to-backs. Mm-hmm. Not a polite schedule. But yeah, I bet Jari plays the first five for sure, which means... He'll play tonight and give us a victory of, I don't know how many shots he'll face. I bet the Penguins put up at least 30, maybe 40, maybe 50. Yeah, yeah. I, whew, I don't know. I, I mean, I mean, it's it's ridiculous the amount of shots that they've got on goal in the first couple of games. But maybe, you know, you don't just immediately go to not doing anything. Especially, we talked ad nauseum about the Canadiens' defense. It's just not there. So the Penguins are going to get the shots on goal on Jake Allen. It's just a matter to me of how many Jake Allen can stop. I think... That, you know, scoring six goals in your first two games is great. Uh, Obviously, we both have the Penguins winning this game. My score prediction, I think the Penguins slow down a little bit. I don't think they put up six once again. If they do, I mean, color me surprised. But I think the Penguins win this one in a close contest for the first time in 2022-23. A 3-2 victory for the Penguins over the Montreal Canadiens at Bell Center. I'll go 4-1. And... Man, they, they keep teasing it. The, the Penguins have scored six goals twice at home. Man, the Chili goal is back. So I don't – you, you got to give the people what they want. The, th- the thing about the Chili goal, one of the – I forget who said it exactly. I think it was Rob Ross who was talking about it. Um, not to throw water on this flame of Chili, but uh, you can just get as much Chili as you want if you just order the salad bar. <laughs> the free bowl isn't that isn't that great it's it's fun that it's back the the iconic status of it is the is the whole thing right mm-hmm. that's the whole point of it but you can just get as much chili as you want if you just order the salad bar listen people are excited horwat stop throwing cold water on it it was also like the least pop of any like returning uh promotion i don't know Listen, I wanted the Penguins to score seven because my prediction for Thursday's game was a 7-2 to victory. I was this close. So close. I was this close. And everybody else is – I heard of a lot of people, and I didn't th- pay attention to it. And people were like, oh, we need that seventh goal. And I was like, yeah, yeah, we need the seventh goal. I'll be right. And I didn't think about the fact that everybody wanted their free chili, which nobody would have ended up actually going to get. Like three – 3% of the people that are there would actually take advantage of that. Let's let's be honest about that. Most people would forget about it after the game. Because Eaton Park isn't 24 hours anymore. It's a damn shame. 
It's an institution, Horowat. Still gotta respect it. But we're gonna take a quick break when we return, finishing off this show with our weekly pens poll. Welcome back to the Tip of the Iceberg podcast, brought to you as always by InsideThePenguins.com. Horwat, we kind of took a break on our Pens poll this week from analysis and over-analysis, and we just asked, what's Jeff is best? <laughs> and the overwhelming majority, I wouldn't say overwhelming, a lot of people gave Jeff Carter some respect, 31% of the vote there, but 40% of voters said Jeff Jimerson is the best Jeff in Pittsburgh Penguins history, basically. Of the four options that we gave, there's more Jeffs, I believe, if you went back and looked at it. But of these four, Jeff Jimerson gets 40% of the vote. Jeff Carter gets 31. Jeff Zadkoff got 14%. And newcomer Jeff Petrie, some love for the new guy. He got just as much with 14% of the vote there. Horwat, let me ask you this question now. Which Jeff is best? I'm trying to... I can't... No other names are coming to uh, coming to mind as a uh, a, a throw in fifth option, mm-hmm. uh, which nope, nothing's coming to come to my mind. So I'm gonna have to go with uh, Jeff Jimerson just because uh, how many years? Quite a few since 1991. Yeah, quite a few. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's that's kind of the softball answer, and I will have to roll that just because I can't think of anyone else right now. Mm-hmm. I mean Jeff Hathorn. Jeff Hathorn, that's my boy. Uh, I was trying to think of players, though, and I just cannot come up with any. Uh, Jeff Hathorn is a great answer. Phenomenal answer. But no, Jeff Jimerson, uh, it's who I voted for, and you can just tell because there's a pop every time. It's Mr. Jeff Jimerson out on the anthem. He's one of the best anthem singers in the National Hockey League. He got 40% of the vote for a reason. Clearly, he is the most tenured Jeff for the Pittsburgh Penguins currently at 30-plus years with the Penguins as the anthem singer. So uh, Jeff Jimerson is is a staple for Pittsburgh Penguins hockey at this point. 40% of voters tended to agree, Horwat. Good. And it's just the easy answer. And whenever you can't think of any more Jeffs, I had to look it up. I still couldn't think of any. I keep rolling the gyms. I don't know why, and I can't think of any gyms at the moment either. But, hey, it's a, it's a, it's a meme name, and I think that's why we're here right now. Yeah, yeah, I mean... We'll get back to a different Pens poll this week, but I don't know. I don't know why that came to my mind. Wanted to talk a little bit about Jeff and wanted to give some love for Jeff Jimerson, and I was not surprised in the least that Jimerson was able to win this. He was losing at first. At first, I think it was Carter, Zadkoff, and Petrie all got early votes, but then Jimerson up the rear. He came out of nowhere and took over this poll. Yeah, and also another thing that we didn't discuss, uh, Sidney Crosby scored the first goal of the season. Who had that? Did anyone have that? Come claim come, come claim your prize, because for the first time in his career, Sidney Crosby scored first. I think a lot of people did have it, but I don't think a lot of people had it knowing that Crosby had never scored the first goal of the Penguins season. Yeah, that, that's, that was the interesting part. For the first time in his career, he did something like that, and he just keeps knocking down records, right? I mean, the very next three-point night to surpass... Alex Ovechkin for most active points. And then the very next night, three more to surpass Doug Gilmore. Mm-hmm. Um, which, by the way, he's going to jump to 15th this year. He's yeah. going to jump more names yeah. throughout the season. So yeah. keep an eye out for some record-breaking Sidney Crosby. 
He's already on pace for what's this pace right now? Three points a game would be I don't know two Let, something. I don't have a, a calculator on me. Three points a game would be uh, two hundred and forty-six points. Quick math. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's not gonna do that, but I mean, no. he's on a hell of a pace so far that yeah, he's he's gonna eat pretty easily, handily get over a point per game again. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what the number was, but I did the math after the first period because Crosby had two points in the first period to play. I think it was like 900 and some points, 945 points that he was on pace for after one period. The Penguins also have yet to go an entire 20 minutes being shut out. They've scored in every period so far. They're averaging a goal every 10 minutes, 12 goals in 120 minutes. Listen, I'm throwing out the good vibes. I'm not, I'm not, uh, what's it called? Anything. Sounded like you mushing it. No, I'm trying to just... Talk about how good this team is. I'm trying to fill the time because I don't know if you want to hit a certain time limit or not. No, 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 no. I, I, I do not feel the greatest today, so I was happy that we're running a little early. But that, word, okay. Yeah. So that's gonna do it for this episode because I need to, I need to do something to feel better today. But that's gonna do it for this episode of the Tip of the Iceberg podcast. Thank you for tuning into this one. The Penguins are two and zero. They got a game tonight against the Canadiens, and then we'll be back. We will be back. Excuse me. On Thursday to preview their game against the Kings and talk about what happens later tonight at Bell Center. But that's going to do it for this one. We will see you guys on Thursday. Have a great week, Penguins fans.